Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host... I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. And don't worry, folks, you don't have to ask for it anymore, okay? This entire episode is going to be about what's going on in pro wrestling today. So not just a standard interview like I've been doing or interview special. It's going to be a great conversation about modern wrestling, AEW, WWE, all the nuts and bolts here, and just my thoughts on the latest goings on with our man, one of our favorites here, uh, Sticks, Ken Sticks Ray. So that's coming up here and then, you know, Other than that, be kind to yourselves and be kind to others because literally everything that you want to hear and that you want to know is in this conversation. So here we are with Sticks and then Tony Schiavone will be taking us out. Enjoy. Okay, so, you know, folks, you have requested that this guy come back. And I know the last time he was on the show, he read me the riot act. So hopefully, hopefully I'm back on on his uh, good side here because, man. He really laid into me. Maybe that's why everybody enjoyed the last time he was on so much is because he laid into me so much. I, I don't I don't know here, but without further ado, welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. Legitimately one of my favorite guests of all time. The man, the myth, the legend known as Sticks. What's going on there, Sticks? Dukemus Maximus. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so glad I had time in my busy booty dollar schedule slash workout schedule to join you once again. How can I be of service to you today? Well, first and foremost, what's this talk of, of strippers bringing you bacon? I mean, I, I, I want to know how did you get so lucky? <laughs> yeah, like, how did you get into this, this whole strippers delivering bacon to you stuff? So uh, yeah, one night uh, last week, one of the girls had gone to, I don't know. Can we can we say names of stores or do we have to make them up? You can say whatever you want. This is two clubs wrestling. <laughs> okay. All right. So she had gone to, she had gone to uh, Dunkin' Donuts to procure some food for herself. And she had asked for extra bacon. And I guess they were ribbing her. So they gave her like a whole bag full of bacon. Right. And it's like I'm in the DJ booth, which is above everybody, which I, I love because it's I can see the whole club as it as it should be. I am above everybody, but that's the size of the point. So this 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 beautiful girl says to me, Sticks, you want some bacon? And I said, is that a trick question? She said, no, I got a bag full of bacon. You want it? And I said, yeah. So she comes upstairs to the DJ booth in a very pretty uh, pink G-string and hands me a bag full of bacon. That's my life, so, man. And then at the end of the night, she tips me 10%. Wow. This is, this is just... Incredible. I mean, clearly, um, not only are you, are you a person who is, is totally not against eating bacon, but you're, you're not against eating bacon from G-string. So this is this is an interesting listen, revelation. Listen, here, 
It didn't come from the G-string. Let me just clarify. She just had a G-string on when she brought it to me. But you have okay, to appreciate it, the whole Because it sounds like it came from the G-string. I, I, I just you, want to make sure we're clear on this, Sticks. I don't want you, any confusion out there. No, no, no. No G-string bacon because my girlfriend's probably listening, so she's going to be upset. But uh, the, the visual is nice. You know what I'm saying? Pretty girl in a G-string bringing you a bag full of bacon. I feel like that's every man's dream fantasy, and I live it on a regular basis. So I'm so, better than most people. So is your girlfriend okay with the fact that, that you're always hanging out with these scantily clad, if clad at all, uh, women who, who bring you bacon and pay you? Like, is that is, is this like a thing that she's comfortable with? I don't know if she's comfortable. I know she likes the money. I know she likes the money, and I know she likes me. I don't know what she... <laughs> she, she doesn't seem to really mind that much as long as, you know, they, they mind their business. I'm good, you know? Well, well, so that's just one tiny aspect of your incredible life. The other side of it is you, you get to hang out with all these wrestlers, again, scantily clad uh, people, including these women here who, who just love sticks. So you had a whirlwind uh, weekend this past weekend in which you were all over the place commentating here, there and everywhere. So, so why don't you tell me a little bit about that? I mean, you, especially two shows in particular that were pretty hot. What happened? So, you know, Matt, uh, the young professor and I had a chance to once again call for Ignite Wrestling down in Vero Beach. Kim Artlip is the promoter, proprietor and owner of said promotion. And we did it again at Walking Tree Brewery in Vero Beach. It's a wonderful location. It's, they let us use, you know, whenever we decide we want to have a show, a bunch of wrestlers beating each other up. And of course, myself and the young professor calling all the action, which you can uh, here on YouTube as they slowly get released. I think each and every day we're releasing at least one match. So it'll be interesting to see. You can follow Ignite Wrestling on all me social media platforms, but make sure you subscribe to that YouTube channel each night at seven o'clock for the next week, week or so. We're going to be releasing those matches. Uh, and I got to work with um, the president. He calls himself the president of wrestling. I don't know who, who voted for him to be the president of wrestling. I don't know where the selection was. I think it was erroneous if I do say so myself, but Phil Stamper also joins in on the commentary here once in a while. They did uh, dual ring announcer duties, so I got to gotta give my boy credit for, for showing up and showing out. I can't say that he's as good as me, but then again, no one is. Uh, Ignite Wrestling did what Ignite Wrestling does, and that's burn up the, uh, the southeast coast of Florida, again, with an incredible show. You got Sage Scott and Marquise, uh, Dante Marquise Carter in a match with a triple threat where they took the third participant of the match and used him as a dart and threw him into a dartboard uh, on the outside of the ring, which I thought was incredible. You can see that on YouTube. Uh, Sage Scott, I think, always delivers. Uh, and then you got that classic tag team against a crazy, crazy head-banging crew. Um, and Kiko Harris, of course, delivers a perfect dropkick. But you can see all of that, uh, like I said, on the YouTube channel of Ignite Wrestling. The whole crew was great. Um, I was also incredible and uh, sweaty, but uh, that's Florida for you because we live on the sun, as it were. And then Sunday, we drove to and from Atlanta to do uh, Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment. They had their their sort of relaunch, their uh, Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment Loud uh, Chapter 1 at the L Galaxy Sports Bar in Atlanta, Georgia. It was a great show. I got to do some behind-the-scenes production work because that's where I started my journey in entertainment as a producer of a radio show. So that's been my background sort of my whole life. And, uh, you know, they, they always put on a top-notch show. 
and there's a rumor that I might be moving up in the world, moving up on the card, as it were, brother. But we'll see. I can't uh, divulge too much because the ink isn't dry. But uh, it was a crazy weekend. It was a two and a two and a quarter days of driving and moving and going here and going there and all that crazy stuff that you do in the car. You know, so much of, of wrestling, making it in wrestling is is making towns and, and driving and, and stopping at Wawa's and eating in the middle of the night and hoping you get enough sleep to function and drinking four bangs a day or whatever it is. But that's what this is. That's that's the work. That's 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 the work of wrestling. So many people think it's so glamorous and we do all these shows and get to do all this cool stuff. But the fun part is really in the car. Well, I'll tell you, man, you're living a life that is just completely foreign to me. I, I don't get it. I don't get where you find, like you said, four bangs a day. So I guess that's where the energy is coming from. But um, it's it's really interesting just to to watch your journey stick and to see you continue to grow and progress and get all these great opportunities. I mean, from G-string bacon at, at strip clubs to commentating at Ignite Wrestling and, and, and down in Atlanta as well. It's like, Jesus, you're living the life of a rock star over there. It's crazy. I am a rock star, man. I'm a bona fide rock star. I am the dirtiest player with a cane. You know how it is. <laughs> well, speaking of which, uh, you know, you, you've been you've been giving me a hard time a lot lately online, which is not. Well, anything that's great. You deserve it. You deserve it, man. You deserve it. It's it's really it's really getting kind of out of hand. I want to know what's going on with you and AEW, because I feel like at some point billionaire Tony got to you. And I don't know if it was threats or if it was money or if it was the promise of more uh, strippers and bacon. But something's going on where it just seems like. You're making more and more excuses for their tomfoolery over there. I want you to be straight with me here, Sticks. Did AEW and Billionaire Tony, did they get to you? And that's why you've been acting differently. You know, you know, Duke, why are you always going to put me on the spot like this, man? I, I, I just, I plead the fifth. In the words of Dave Chappelle, I plead the fifth. If. I plead the fifth. I'm not going to confirm nor deny any of your uh, felonious rumors, but I will say you're a little too hard on AEW. I feel like you're a little too hard on them. I know when they started as a company, you said you were going to hold them accountable, but I feel like you are on the other, other side of the spectrum. I feel like you and Vince are a little too tight. I feel like Vince might be sending you a little stipend for your little show and, and, and you got to say what you got to say to keep the old man happy. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm going to keep you honest as it were, sir. So you, you you ask me any questions you want, I'm going to give you an honest answer. You know that. Well, I mean, we, we all know that WWE and, and they're, they're no friends of mine. They certainly are antagonized by me through the years. And that's why they've, they've made so many threats and what have you. But, but come I, on. I feel Stace. like you play with them, kid. Sometimes, sometimes you play WWE with a little kid gloves. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like you're, a little hard, you're a little more hard on that. You're, you're a little more stern on the new kid. You're a little more stern on the new kids in class, but uh, but you're a little nicer to to the to the incumbent, as it but, were. But but that's okay. That's okay. Sticks, 
You've been around far too long to talk this nonsense. Now, and again, you be straight with everybody. This is Duke Loves Wrestling. It's not one of these little rinky-dink podcasts that you think you can come on and get away with saying something crazy, Sticks. We can hold you accountable on this one here, brother. You know know me better than that. When's the last time I've done anything that was rinky-dink, okay? You you make things better, including this show. I'll give you credit there. But you know. That if anybody Googles Duke Loves Wrestling, they're going to find all the articles and all the past episodes of WWE being called out for sexism and racism and CTE. These are real life issues that WWE has been very upset with me over exposing them on and and having people come on the show because it's not me talking. I actually have had the wrestlers who had these experiences who during their time in WWE come on the show and, and express themselves. So it's not as if WWE hasn't gotten, they've gotten it 10 times worse than anything I've ever said about Mm -hmm. AEW. That's, that's a, that's a fact. And it's, it's not my opinion. It's it's proven. Just go look at, just listen to the record or read the record. It's, there's no question about that. And is that that strictly because of longevity or is that because, you know, you're actually holding them accountable? I think what you're saying is true. I'm not going to debate that. Like you said, you can go back in the archives and listen to every episode of Duke Loves Wrestling. And I think you should. I think you should like and subscribe. And every time there's a new episode, Spotify lets me know. And guess what I do? I'm driving down the road and I hear your sultry voice talking about wrestling every week. That's what we do. But let's be fair. You've been a little hard on AEW. And I feel as Uh, a member of the wrestling community because I'm not just a fan anymore. I'm not just a Mark boy anymore. I don't buy tickets anymore. I'm working in the business. I feel like I got to call you on the carpet sometimes because you, I feel like you just make stuff up. So hold on a second, because we we have a, a prime example of the thing that I talk about that AEW continues to fall short on every single solitary week. And even when they come close to hitting the mark, they still miss. Last night, AEW had the biggest show they ever had in, in their history, right? And this is on AEW Dynamite. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this is yep. their number one. This is their flagship sh- show. Forget about the pay-per-views. This is the show that generates the most money from them because this is what they have their TV deal on. And this is where more people watch than anywhere else. Their pay-per-views, I mean, their record was like 200,000 buys. Well, they pop a million uh, viewers, allegedly, uh, on, on, you know, every now and then. And I think last night, definitely they, they must have hit at least that much. I'm sure they had more people watch. But, you know, Nielsen ratings, they're false and inaccurate anyway. That's another story. But anyway, I agree with that 100 percent. So, you, so, can... so, you know, so, you notice how I just put AEW over by saying that more people watch than what they get credit for. Right. So that so look at that. I'm putting them over and you didn't even realize that. But let me keep going here um, last you. night. And, and mind you, this is Hispanic Heritage Month mind you, right? Last night on AEW Dynamite, two straight hours of live television, not a single solitary Hispanic person performed. And on top of that, not a single solitary black person performed. So they literally proved exactly what I've been complaining about since day one. They lack equitable diversity at a time where they could have put their best foot forward. They took the color and they literally separated it from the whites. Okay, no, it was wait like they were doing laundry here. Right? Wait a second. Wait a second. Let me back up because you didn't watch the whole show. Let's be let's be real. Because on Twitter, 
you you were you know rolling your eyes and shaking your head and i said what are you what what now and you said oh they lost my interest i'm watching the, the wonder years true or false that's true, but you got to know something here, Sticks. Well, the on. Wonder Years was only on. for a half hour. I watched the rest of the show once the Wonder Years was done. <laughs> well, hold on. Hold on. Did you see Brandy Rhodes out there giving Malachi Black the middle fingers? It, did, Rand, did, did Brandy Rose wrestle? Nah, she was there, though. Did she wrestle? No. Did Brandy Rose wrestle? No. So then what do you do with bringing up Brandy Rose giving middle fingers if she didn't wrestle on the, on the card? She Everything was in the that room. I said is the truth. Everything that I said is the truth. She did not wrestle sticks. She wasn't booked. You're not, you're not wrong. You're not, I'm just giving so, you the business. You're not wrong. So, I'm just giving no, you the no. I, I, I appreciate you uh, challenging me on this because this is a very important conversation to have. So when they have their biggest event, what do they do? They give us the least amount of women's content, even though it was in the main event. And kudos for having a women's main event. You know, those are rare on their television show. But at least they had a women's main event, but th that was it. We didn't get any more women's matches, just that. And it was like they just, like I said, they separated the whites from the colors, right? It was like they were doing laundry. They, they didn't want any color to bleed over, so they made sure they didn't book any brown, any black. I don't even think they booked Asian either. It was what? It was a snowstorm, right? Yeah. Yeah, literally, because Sting came out, so, you know, it snowed a little bit. In New it York was a snowstorm. It was it was an embarrassment and it was a prime example of the stuff that I talk about every single week. So tell me how I'm being too harsh on them sticks when the proof is in the pudding. They, they once again did the thing that I that I literally call them out about the most because they claimed they would give us diversity and inclusion. And then they turn around in their biggest moment in the history of the company and they give us everything but diversity and, 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 and inclusion. I do. I do have to agree with you there. I think uh, you you could have done something. You know, you got the angle with with uh, CM Punk and, and Will Hobbs right now. And I think Will Hobbs is a star. He's just not there yet. Uh, I think you could have done something in that promo segment. I think you could have had Red Velvet on the show, who's a girl who's a girl that I've seen from almost day one in her career, you know, at Go Wrestle in Daytona Beach and FEW down in Miami and you know, all over the place. I think, I think you could, she's, she's a star, you know, five foot fine, sweeter than wine, straight out your mama's kitchen. That ain't no joke. Just look at her. Um, and, and, and you, you got incredible talent. What about the tag team? They got, they got the tag team champs that they didn't even put on the biggest car that they ever had. I mean, this is embarrassing. Yeah. You got, I mean, you got the, the well, the young bucks were there, but you know, they, and then, you know, you got the the Lucha Brothers. I don't know why they didn't have a match last night. I think if you're going to have a tag match, why not have it be FTR against the Lucha Brothers? That's I'd pay to see that. I'd pay money to see that. That's 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 another thing. I I think yesterday's show was a good show. I'm not going to take anything away from what they did. And I don't know what they're doing on Friday. I don't pay attention to spoilers on purpose because I, I like to see things in the moment. Um, and I don't know the structure of the show on Friday, but I bet you money. The main event is probably going to be CM Punk and Will Hobbs. No, I, I saw the card that's coming up for Friday. It's taped, by the way. And I can tell you right now, they put they put a whole bunch of color on Friday's card on their secondary show that continues to fail more than anything else that they have. They managed to put all the color on that show in the worst time slot that they have on television. So what exactly is the message that they're sending? When we want to do diversity, we do it when we have the least amount of people watching. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with it. And as a, as a, 
affluent white male. I'm going to just say what it is. You know, I, I live in a private gated community, like, and I'm a, I'm a white male with a disability. So I'm extra privileged. Let's be real. I'm parked in a handicapped spot right now. Um, but I like the diverse talent they have on the show. I do wish that they would showcase it more. I think you got a guy, like I said, Scorpio sky is incredible. He's been doing this for what? Almost 20 years now. You got a guy like Scorpio sky and you're going to relic. You're going to, delegate him to your Friday show. I, why? Why would you not have that on on a dynamite? But again, did Daniel Bryant and or Brian Danielson, I'm sorry, force a habit. Uh, did Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega need 40 minutes? Did they need two full television segments and a break segment? Now, I know how to time out a television show. I know how to time out a, a radio show. You could have you could have done that show. Or you could have done that match in 25 minutes and you could have had two other matches on the show. And you could have put some of that talent there. You could have put uh, Scorpio Sky and and uh, All Ego that tag match with uh, with um, God, what's their what's their tag match, Duke? Help me out. You're that asking me to tell you tag matches for AEW? What, what, <laughs> that Friday, they're 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 wrestling Friday, right? I I'm sure they are. I'm so sure they are. My point, my point is you could have put that match on last night where you had more viewers, where you had what is it, Jungle Boy and uh and and, and uh Luchasaurus? Is that who they're they're supposed to be no, battling? It's, uh, it's Jericho, it's Jericho and Hager versus all ego Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky with that'll put, American that'll top put team butts in, in seats. That'll put butts in seats. So let's put that on our worst time slot on the show that's failing the most out of anything else that we have going on. It's it's the one show that is losing its audience week after week at the highest rate. Let's make sure that we we put the diversity on the show that fails the most so that we can blame the failure on the diversity because that's what's happening. Right? Do you think that's what they're doing? You really think that's what they're doing? They proved it last night. They proved it last night. When it's time to give the best possible foot that they can give forward, they showed you what they'll do. They'll give you the least amount of, of women's content. They'll give you zero diversity. They will put on a show that was literally a snowstorm. That's it. I do think overall there are there are things they need to work on, maybe that being one of them, obviously. Look, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, even though I don't have a right to understand where you're coming from as, as not you know a man of color and, and living with that. Uh, every day, each and every day, um, and trying to succeed in a world where, let's be real, it's been set up to fail. You know, if you're a minority of any sort, you're supposed to just be quiet and mind your business and live mediocre lives. Like, yeah, I can't tell you how many times and like, I've been told to sit on the couch and shut up and mind my business and you're crazy and the things you want will never happen for you because you are who you are and you live the way you live. So I can't even imagine how it is to be uh, a person of color or, you know, a, a woman trying to make it in what is essentially a white man's world. Um, is it fair? No, it's not fair. But uh, take it from me, man. Life ain't fair. <laughs> you know. Um, but I, but I'll, I'll say this, though, Sticks, despite life not being fair, there's not a day that you don't advocate for the things that you know should be right and the things that that should be afforded to you because you're not asking for anything other than equality. It's not oh, like you're asking to be given more than anybody. And that's the, that's the thing that I think people miss in what I, what I bring up and what I talk about. Cause here's the, here's the reality. 
SmackDown, for instance, which probably is the best wrestling show on television today. SmackDown for the past three weeks has not given us women's wrestling content. It has sucked. It has been embarrassing what they've done um, in terms of just completely being sexist, shutting the women out, not giving us women's wrestling match. And Can we just take a second? I just want to say this real quick in regards to SmackDown. I didn't mean to cut you off, but sure. what they did to Bianca Belair at SummerSlam was disgusting. It's disgusting. That's a whole other they, disgusting point. What they did to her was was ridiculous. Um, she's an incredible, incredible talent, and she she was dismissed as quickly as she gained her spot. And I think that's absolutely rude. But go ahead. I didn't. I didn't mean to. Uh, well, here's my point in saying all this. We don't stop advocating for the things that we know is right, and 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 what's right is this this equity the opportunity to have a, a fair and, and equal shot at becoming a star, just like your, the rest of your peers. And the problem is these men, and that's who they are. They're men who for the most part uphold white male dominant culture. So if you're a white straight male who is not disabled, um, chances are you're, you're it. They want to put you out front above everybody else and feature you more than anybody else. And that's what we see. And that's not equitable and that's not fair because you have a whole roster full of colors and genders and sexualities. And, and, you know, you do have some disabled people on staff and I'm not going to out anybody because there, there are different forms of disability. It's not always just physical, but my point is you can't have a situation where you want to benefit from being diverse and yet your diversity is not equitable. You got to get called out for that. And I'm, I'm going to call everybody out that fails in that regard. And, and if some people feel I'm being unfair because AEW is the worst offender and that's why they get the most attention from me on that issue, then I'm OK with that. Because, again, I got many more years of calling out WWE than anybody else. So, you know what I mean? So it's it's at the end of the day, AEW has a long way to go before they will even have half the criticism that I've already given to WWE and WWE has improved on, on these issues at time, which is why SmackDown is such a disgrace to me because they've taken too many f- steps back. Now on the flip side, you have raw where we just had about four or five women's matches the other night. Now think about that on that three hour show, hour two for the nine to 10 PM hour, we had an abundance of women's wrestling content and it was no surprise that raw was hugely successful despite the fact that Monday night football was happening. So what does that tell you? It can be done and it can work. So, you know, and here's hope. Yeah. Go ahead. And, go ahead. Go ahead. and I feel like being AEW right now, being the new kid on the block, being the hot commodity as it were, because they are the hottest ticket in town. If you look at any entertainment uh, ticket purchases, they are the hottest ticket in town. They are up there with some of the most expensive concerts on the planet. And I'm not talking about, uh, you know, rinky-dink house bands either. I'm talking about big-name bands. In the secondary ticket market, which is what tickets are based off of, AEW is one of the most expensive tickets in the world right now. And, and, and that's because they're a hot product, right? But because you're the new product, because you're the hot product, you are under a microscope even more so than the incumbent WWE. And let's be fair, for the longest time, WWE was really the only game in town. Right. I mean, you know, you had Impact, you had, you know, TNA, you had New Japan, but you had Ring of Honor, but you, but they weren't on the same level. 
and I'm not saying that AEW is on it on WWE's level, but monetarily speaking, production wise, they're pretty damn close. And the talent level right now is 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 right up there because they're getting a lot of guys that were disenfranchised with the process over over up north, you know. Um, but again, a lot of those guys are white guys, you know, white girls. And I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's fact. So what does that tell you? Because it's not as if the WWE doesn't have an abundance of people of color, male and female. And it's not like those people of color wouldn't want to go make more money elsewhere and work less. <laughs> you know what I mean? So but but what does that tell you about AEW's focus? They are purposely doing this. They they are purposely focused. Here's the, here's the thing that kills me right now. Stick. Meltzer and now WrestleNomics, which, you know, you know, Brandon Howard Thurston, the third. He's a guy who's been on the show. I have a lot of respect for him, but he is completely out of his mind right now. And I'm calling him out directly. You are upholding uh, blatant racism right now, Brandon, whether that's on purpose or not. I'm not even sure at this point, but it's disgraceful what you're doing with WrestleNomics right now because you keep quoting Nielsen numbers that are that have been proven to be inaccurate. And that's why they were stripped of their certification because they completely undercount black and brown households. So Nielsen the numbers have been are not bogus right. for a, Yeah, Nielsen ratings have been bogus for a long time. Um, but they but they were stripped of their certification. So this is a different like they've they've reached a level where the TV industry sued them and then whoever was in charge of their 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 uh, certification said, "You know something? You're, the TV industry has proven to be right. Nielsen is completely inaccurate and more importantly, this shit that they're doing is completely racist." So yeah, we are stripping them of their certification until they change and they haven't changed yet. So everything that's coming out from Nielsen continues to be wrong. It continues to be inaccurate. And the fact that these folks keep quoting like the key demo, they don't want to admit what they really mean by the key demo. They're talking about white guys. They're certainly not talking about black and brown and Asian and others and what have you, because if they were to actually get the right numbers that at the real numbers and quote that, then AEW's key demo would clearly be a lot lower than what they're quoting. You know why? Because more than 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 white males 18 to 34 exist. There are black what? males 18 to 34. There are Hispanic what? males 18 to 34. There are Asian males. There are others. There are, you know, it's, what? it's like native males 18 to 34. So so the, that would bring their numbers down. And that's a fact. But they don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about the fact that Nielsen has inaccurately measured those populations. And if you were to actually measure those populations the way that they touted and said that they would, it would bring AEW's key demo down so much that the value of that company would be far lower than what it is. People are valuing that company on numbers that are just completely false. And here's the the other side of that. WWE's key demo would be through the roof even more because guess what? People of color and women and and populations other than white males, 18 to 34, genuinely prefer WWE's programming. And you know why? Because there's something for everyone. So, you know, we can't pretend like this isn't the reality of what's going on here. And I'll say this, too. I I got a chance to see if you go if you go back and watch uh, NXT 2.0. I think it was the week this week or the week before you see DMC in a big match. Yeah, Dante Marquise Carter, who is an incredible, incredible talent, who is an African-American man. Some of the most incredible wrestlers I've seen in my last three years 
in my near 200 shows and my near 1,000 matches called, just to throw down some stats, have been black wrestlers, have been wrestlers of Hispanic descent, have been wrestlers of what we call minority. I don't like the word minority, but it is what it is. But, I mean, let's be real. Some of the most talented men and women in this business are people of different colors. Which now, is if why you, if you say that to, to Cody Rhodes, he'll say, well, well, where are they? I, you know, are, who are they? Are you they gotta look outside ready? Atlanta, brother. You gotta look, <laughs> you gotta look outside the, the nightmare factory. Let's be real. I mean, you know, not to say there's anything wrong with that. Cause you, you know, stunt Marshall trained over there and stunt Marshall is a superstar as far as I'm concerned. So why isn't um, stunt Marshall on AEW, uh, uh, dynamite? Why isn't he on T is it stunt Marshall black? He is. Oh, no wonder he's, he's not indeed. on TV. No wonder he's not on TV. Best flat top in the business, you know. Best flat top in the business, man. Like, no wonder and, he's not on TV. It could, you know, imagine that, right? You know, you you. It's a shame because you see all these. I see all my friends, and it, it, let's be real, it kind of irks me a little bit to see all my friends taking that, taking that obligatory photo either before before the show, in front of a semi truck or on the carpet. You know what I'm talking about. Um, and, and you, you see him in a, like a, a dark match or, a you know, a prelim, but we both know, we both know that they're well, they're well beyond talented enough to carry a match on a main show. Let me tell you something. If AEW were to fix their, di their equitable diversity and inclusion issues, if they were to start getting serious about women's wrestling, they would absolutely unequivocally be a serious promotion that could one day compete with the wwe unfortunately because they have coveted a very niche audience that is so small and it continues to shrink by the way right you're talking about a population that continues to shrink it's not getting bigger it's getting smaller in america um they've put themselves in a position where it's no wonder that they're not profitable it's like of course you're not profitable look at look at the fact that you do not have a a program that you're trying to attract more than the niche. And, and Cody Rhodes have said it. We, we're just going to focus on our fans and we know who our fans is and we're going to cater to them. We don't want to attract casuals. We want our fans. Well, that's why you're not profitable, Cody Rhodes. So, so congratulations. I don't know. That's a pretty sweet entrance though, bro. <laughs> well listen my favorite part about cody is the fact that he doesn't know he's a heel you know it's, it's like somebody's got to break the news to him that the guy people don't like this guy he's they not gotta break the news to him he's, he's a heel he was booed did you hear him he was booed out of the building this guy nah, come on that was that was piped in sound, man. Oh, yeah, it was piped in. That's right. Vince McMahon piped it in. You know, piped you know it that. in. He piped it in from Connecticut. Don't start shit, no. Over starting shit. Cody had a Cody had a funny uh quote the other day where he said that there's no way he could turn heel because kids watch him and they, they need somebody to look up to. So it's just not he'll never he'll he'll never be heel again. And I'm sitting here laughing. I'm saying, buddy, I don't think you've ever been a baby face. You've been heel your entire life. Because you're a jerk. So, Come on. So like, <laughs> he follows me on Twitter. Come on. Well, he should follow you on Twitter after after the way they disrespected you a few years ago. So, you know, he's probably following you on Twitter because he's afraid that you're going to lash out on him again. So, you know, that's that's a whole other story there. And, <laughs> and to Cody's credit, anytime I say something, 
uh, and I, you know, directed at him, he'll respond. Cody doesn't run. He, he'll, he'll respond. It's just that he'll respond in a, in a ridiculous manner, but you know, at least it's a response. So it's like, you know, the communication is there. So kudos to Cody think, for that much. I think, I think for, for, let's just be, come on. I'm going to try and be diplomatic here. And it's not like me to play devil's advocate. Cause you know, I'm such a good guy. Uh, but you know, I think they're trying. I think they have some blind spots, but I think they're trying. You know. But also, let's be real. I'm trying to get a paycheck, brother. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, um, come on now, sticks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I, I think. Do they you have? Shouldn't some have to try to be diverse, bro. There's no. You don't need to try to be diverse. You either are or you're not. There's no. You know what I mean? What effort is it to be diverse? Come on, man. Yeah, I think. I think it's a big. I think it's a big nod to guys like CM Punk who say. Yeah, here's a guy, Will Hobbs, who I think is is a is a massive star, and this is a guy I want to work with. So let's put him in a spotlight and let him let him try to be, you know, the star that he can be. Uh, is it is it his fault where he's placed on the card or what show he's placed on? Absolutely not. I think that's above both of their pay grades. But I think you have to look at some of these guys that are coming in and saying, "Man, you got you got big stars. You've got, you know, I, I keep going back to Red Velvet, but look at um, Jade Cargill." who is an absolute specimen of an athlete. I'm not talking about her appearance. I'm talking about how she moves, how she works, how she does what she does in the ring. I think when she gets a little more seasoned and a little more polished, that girl is going to be your world champion for a long time. And if she's not, there's your problem. You look at a girl like Jade Cargill and you don't think eventually at some point, a year from now, year and a half from now, she's not in the main event on a regular basis. You're out of your mind. I, I want to go thing. back to something you just said, though. Hold on a second, Sticks. I can't okay. let you off the hook on this. No, go ahead. You said CM, you said CM Punk put over uh, Will Hobbs. I didn't when say CM... he put him over. I said he. I think he wants to work with him, which is, I think, why they put CM Punk in the spot they put him in against Team Taz and the, the whole deal. Fair but enough. I think, Fair enough. I, I, Fair think, enough. I, think, I think CM Punk sees a star in Will Hobbs, which is why he's so willing to let him almost put him through a table. By the way, Will, if, if you if you go to break a table and it doesn't break, pick him up and do it again. Um, just, Let me know. ask you a question, Sticks. Let me ask you a question. What? Did you listen to CM Punk's first promo in AEW when he was in the ring? Oh, you're talking about the one at the United Center? The one at the United Center. Did you listen to yeah, that? Yeah, of course I did. How closely did you listen to it? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be real with you and say I marked out a little bit because I'm a Chicago boy and you know, that's my hometown arena and, and there's CM Punk. So like a lot of me was just kind of hooked on the, the moment. But what did I miss? Well, I'll tell you what you missed. And, and I'll tell you, this is this is prime AEW all over again. CM Punk named a bunch of wrestlers that he's interested in. OK, and not a I already, single know, I already wrestler, know where you're going. And not a single wrestler that CM Punk mentioned was a person of color. And it wasn't until after the fact where a bunch of us on Twitter had raised holy hell that suddenly CM Punk start mentioning wrestlers of color. So you, I don't give CM Punk any credit. I give him zero credit for this program at Will Hobbs because in all honesty, I have no reason to believe that this program is happening organically. I think this program is happening because we said, wait a second, mother effort. How dare you not mention Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks and some of these other guys? 
how dare you not mention the Lucha Bros and 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 Santana and Ortiz and some of these other guys? He didn't mention any of them until we called them out on it. So I'm just saying here, Sticks, it may be okay. a coincidence. It may be a, a slip of the tongue. It may be a slip of the mind. But this is this is what happens when the company consistently is doing these things. And at some point, it's not a coincidence anymore. This is just the way it is. So, you know, I'm sorry, man. I couldn't let that go without addressing that because, well, you, know, you, right? go- I, like, you know, I, I was trying to give CM Punk credit. And, you know, I, I think that Will Hobbs is a star. I, I legitimately think that. I, I Same think, here. Same here. I think Same here. It's a shame guy- they don't treat him that way. <laughs> I mean, it's a shame a they don't make him a star. You know, what, give him a you know, Will, Will Hobbs. I, I I started I started getting on AEW about the fact that when you look at Will Hobbs's record as a singles wrestler, in particular, you notice that there were very few AEW wrestlers that Will Hobbs actually defeated. AEW wrestlers who are who are listed as being part of the roster, and the few that were listed as being part of the roster. Um, you know, Ser- Serpentico, which I don't even think he's on the roster. He's not listed on the website anymore. He's being on the roster. So who knows if he's even still there? But well, he is. He is. It was guys like that where these are guys that don't necessarily have winning records and they weren't guys that accomplished anything in the company. Now, when you compare that to a guy like Wardlow or a guy like Darby Allen or a Jungle Boy or Orange Cassidy, and you notice that they've actually beaten, beaten people in singles matches who have winning records in AEW and who have been in the top five ranked consistently, then you start to realize you got this guy, Will Hobbs, and basically you just had him beating Lee Johnson most of the damn time. It's not like he actually beat anybody. So what do you say to that? You know what I mean? It's like you got this star, this stud, this guy that everyone says is a perfect gentleman and he's a he's a great guy behind the scenes and all this other good stuff. He's a he's an adult. I mean, the guy's a father and he's very dedicated to his family. I got I got a lot of time for Will Hobbs. So why is it that they've given him the weakest possible build that you can give a, a, a superstar that he could be like that? You know, I don't know. And, you know, he's not going to he's not going to beat CM Punk. You know he's not going to beat CM. Come on, man. You know wrestling's real. What are you doing? Um, no, you're right. I mean, it's it's a way to make CM Punk look strong and 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 give Will Hobbs a little bit of a shine, but he needs a lot more. Um, what shine? What shine? What what what, I, what could it possibly do for Will Hobbs to lose to CM Punk right now? A guy well, who hasn't wrestled in seven well, years. Okay. So <laughs> CM Punk by himself is a rub. You know what I mean? Like. There are certain guys, no matter how long they've been gone, no matter how long they've they've done whatever they've done, you stay in the ring with them, it's a rub. If you if you lose a match to a guy who hasn't wrestled in seven years, that's not a rub. That's a burial. You're losing I, to a guy who hasn't wrestled in seven years. That's a, that's a burial, bro. That's not that doesn't help. I don't think Darby Allen has been elevated on the card because he lost to CM Punk. It's actually the complete opposite. He's actually further back in the pecking order now because he lost to CM Punk. And and the same thing is going to happen to Will Hobbs. There's no way Will Hobbs is going to be challenging for the AEW world title or even the the TV title after this loss to CM Punk. He's going back of the line. And guys like Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan, and CM Punk, and Orange Cassidy. All these guys are way ahead of him. Could you imagine a match between uh, Miro and Will Hobbs? 
I can imagine that match just, because it's going to be Miro going over Will Hobbs. But it's like, but the match <laughs> itself. I'm talking about the work. I'm talking about the work. I'm not talking about who goes over. None of that. If, if you're in this business long enough, you know that who goes over is irrelevant. Who gets over is more important. And I think Miro is a smart enough wrestler. And I think that AEW is a, is a platform where guys get to call their own stuff and, and it's very less produced, uh, much less produced as, as the other guys. I think Miro is smart enough to make the kid look good long enough to make him look good, but still win. You know what I mean? They, they want Miro. Let me, to let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, Sticks. Let me ask you a question. Can you name one wrestler in AEW who wasn't already over that – had a program with Miro, and now they're more over as a result of the program with Miro. Can you name one wrestler that happened to? Fuego? Are you kidding me right now? Fuego? Like, he's so... Are you kidding me right now? I'm not. Listen to me. Are you kidding me before you tear me apart with your ridiculous logic? Um, Think about it. He had one match with Miro. He got destroyed. Right? He says... He says, if I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wrestle him, and if I win, I should get a contract, right? Loses anyway. We all knew he was gonna lose. Still ends up get that feel-good moment. Sammy Guevara puts him over, gives him a deal, signs the deal, he cries, whole deal, right? So now he gets interviewed on Dynamite, which he which he wasn't before, right? He he wasn't on Dynamite before, he was on the B shows before, correct? Now he gets the interview segment on Dynamite. Where he says, I'm gonna put my car up. If I if I lose, he gets my car. Miro doesn't care about your car. Miro, Miro, Miro's married to Lana. He lives in a mansion. He made millions of dollars. He doesn't need your Honda Civic, brother. So that's why when he beat him, he shoved the keys back down his throat. But now you've got Fuego del Sol standing next to Sammy Guevara, who is a major star for AEW. So he's getting the rub from Sammy Guevara. He's gotten the rub from Miro just by being in the ring with him and quote holding his own. Do I think he's going to be slingshotted to a major role? No, but I think it put him on the map. You're, this is this is very embarrassing to hear you talk this way because you you contradict yourself. You you have the right answer within all this this word salad that you're giving us here, sticks. Word Sammy salad. Guevara, Sammy Guevara, is helping Fuego become somebody because Sammy Guevara is telling the world that Fuego is somebody the fact that the guy lost the match and still got a contract is embarrassing but it got over in its own very tiny way because sammy guevara was so excited and that's my best friend sammy guevara is the reason why fuego is anything if you take sammy guevara out of that whole situation it's just miro beating up some little guy and that little guy is not over for getting beaten up. I'm sorry. Okay. He's over because okay. Sammy Guevara is his friend. So, again, there's not a single person on that roster that Miro has elevated in any way, shape, or form after wrestling them. It has not happened. And the reason why it has not happened is because Miro doesn't elevate anyone but himself. So it's like, come on. You know what I mean? Let's be, let's be honest here. Let's be okay. honest. I can see that. I can see that point. Also, I wanted to I wanted to bring this up because you you talk about all these guys that come in. You talk about the Brian Danielsons. You talk about the Adam Coles, baby. You talk about all these guys, Christian. You talk about all these 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 past stars somewhere else who are getting paid big money right now in AEW to just be stars and show up, right? But if you're Tony Khan, right? If you're building a company, 
from the ground up and trying to put eyes on your product and trying to sell merchandise and trying to sell tickets and trying to make as much money as humanly possible, which we've had many conversations on this podcast where we both know that's what wrestling is really about. Um, Why would you not sign these guys? Why would you not put these guys in spots to be stars? Because they're already stars. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. I don't disagree with the fact that you should sign the, the best possible talent out there especially talent that's already established in the marketplace because they can they can bring whatever fan base that they've already cultivated, bring some of that over to you, and hopefully you can retain that, that fan base. So I, I agree. Here's the issue. It was AEW executive, including Tony Khan, saying that they weren't going to keep signing all of these former WWE people. So don't look at me and ask why wouldn't he do it. He said he wouldn't do it. I'm just saying, how come you didn't keep your word? You Come know on, I bro. Mean? You know, you, you know, you've been in this situation where you're like, ah, I'm not going to do that. But then like a week later, you're like, ah, maybe I rushed to judgment. But that's the whole you- AEW system. And that's my point, Sticks. I'm glad you said that. They are liars. They do not know how to keep their word. They have no honor. There's no See, honor you know. in, 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 the, in the ownership and the leadership of AEW. And that's why they're not profitable. Because at the end of the day, you can only squeeze so many pennies from these 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 uh, lunatics who prefer anything. They they prefer themselves over everything else. They don't want to see women. They don't want to see people of color. They don't want to see diversity. They don't want to see what everybody else clearly knows will sell the most. They want to see themselves. And that's it. You know what I mean? They're the they are the complete opposite of you. They're not you. I I have been a long proponent of talent is talent. And, you know, my favorite color is green. I think um, uh, Cowboy Bill Watts said that in regards to Junkyard Dog when he was getting heat from different NWA territories about putting him in the main event. Look, talent is talent. I've seen so much talent in, in my short time in the business, and I'm not claiming – to be an expert, but one day I will be an expert because I'm going to be great at this. Mark my words. But I want to see, I want to see people. Of, the level of excitement for me when I saw Big E win the WWE Heavyweight Championship was, I was so happy for him. I don't know the guy, never met the guy, but to see him in a situation where they gave him the money in the bank contract, and to be honest with you, full transparency here. When they gave him that contract, I was like, oh, he's going to lose. He's going to lose it. They're going to put him against Brock. They're going to put him against Roman, and they're going to crush him. But to see him win against another guy who is a stellar Hall of Famer, like bona fide, I I was so happy for him. I was so happy for Kofi. Now I want to see Xavier get it because Xavier is just as talented as the, 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 the other two gentlemen in his group. And, and to see WWE put that title on Kofi, uh, on, uh, on uh, Biggie, excuse me, was incredible. And I hope, I hope against hope that that man who is so strong and such a presence and such a personality gets a long, genuine title reign. Longer and better than Bianca Belair, which is a whole other can of worms, man. But I agree with you. There needs to be, you, you need to find more time for for, for your diverse talent. I said the other, we were having a conversation the other day on Twitter and I said, what happened to Sonny Kiss? Where's Sonny Kiss? You know, you, you, you put him in a tag team 
with Joey Janela. And now he's, I guess, feuding. I use the air quotes term loosely with Joey Janela. But like, where's 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 Sonny Kiss? Nyla Rose has been a prominent, you know, fixture on the show. But, you know, dare I say, you know, more needs to happen with her. And, and dare I say she needs to wrestle some guys because she's eating up the women's division. You cannot tell me that a woman of her stature, and I'll say, I'll say woman because, I, you know, I want to be pronoun appropriate, cannot wrestle guys like Adam Cole, cannot wrestle guys like Brian Danielson and make it believable. She's bigger than 90% of the roster, men and women. Why not make her your next China? Why not make her, you know, your, your, your Nia Jax, even though Nia Jax, I feel like finally got a little bit of her own medicine there. Last, last Monday on Raw, but that's a whole other story. But I agree with you. Diversity needs to happen. Hell, would I like to see a guy with some cerebral palsy on AEW TV? Sure, I would. I'm not going to name any names. Sticks, a.k.a. the greatest. Um, or even on WWE. You got, there's been one guy in the entire history of the business, aside from uh, Kerry Von Erich, who you know lost his foot who had a major disability and they showcased it and that was zach allen and he lost his spot because of his own ego does that mean the the rest of us are not capable you're you're out of your mind look at a guy named gregory irons go watch one of his matches he has cerebral palsy too the guy is in the ring on a regular basis and having damn good matches so you can't tell me that people with disabilities and people of color and and women cannot be showcased shiny, profitable, that's, again, a big word in wrestling, profitable stars for either company or any company, Ring of Honor, New Japan, you name it, Impact. Well, I agree with you 100%, Sticks, and and I appreciate you uh, laying it out there that way because you're absolutely right. And that's our point. You know what I mean? It's, It's if you have a voice, use it to elevate the cause of those whose voice may not be as loud as yours. And let me tell you something. I don't care who's uncomfortable about me bringing this stuff up on a daily basis. It's the right thing to do. And every wrestling promotion, especially WWE and especially AEW, they have to do the right thing. And I'm not going to stop pointing that out. And let me tell you something. I've been threatened. I've had people cuss me. I've had people dox me the whole nine yards, the, the just the whole nine yards. I've had Tony Khan in my inbox getting, you know, giving me his sassy attitude, um, which, you know, is laughable to me. So these are things that that happen as a result of standing up and, and sticking up for others. And that's OK. I don't mind because at the end uh, of the I day, think, it's the right thing to do. What's that? I, I, I agree with you. And, and let me just sidebar, bro. You know, you know who I know. And I'll just say this, anybody that threatens you, you make a list and I'll send some of my cousins over there. You know what I'm saying? Um, but all that to be said, I feel like in a world where people are so afraid to say things out loud because they're so afraid of how it's A, going to make them look, which is really why people don't say things, and B, how it's going to make other people feel, which really in the long run doesn't matter because people don't think about each other nearly as much as we should. Um, if you don't say things that make people uncomfortable or make people think you're wasting your time. I'm a huge, I've always been a huge advocate for people of 
I guess, classified as minorities, because I am one. When you live a life where you've been beat up and spit on and told you what you weren't going to be anything but a spot on the couch and, and you should just mind your business and your dreams are stupid and you've been pushed out of your wheelchair and, and you know, trash can dumped over your head or whatever, um, you learn to be either meek and quiet or loud and big. And you know me pretty well, brother. I'm loud and big and I don't care what anybody thinks about it. And I think what you try to do on a regular basis, I think is a great thing. And I think the conversations that you and I have, a lot of times that people don't get to hear are good conversations to be had out loud, you know, and whatever people take away from this particular episode, please understand that I am not, I am not bashing either company. I do think that both companies have room for change and room for improvement. Um, I think that, um, you know, I'd like to be part of that change. If I'm honest, if I'm 100, let's be real, you know, I'm in this business to be a star and make money, but I'm also in this business to institute change. Like I, I told myself when I was 10 years old, that I could be a part of that business. I could make a mark in that business. And here I am 35 years old, three years in a thousand matches called. And I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying really, really hard. And if you want to make change in this world, or you think there should be change in this world, you can't just sit back and wait for somebody else to do it. That's not how this works. That's not where success comes from. That's not where change comes from. Change is not about patience. Change is about being uncomfortable and getting in people's faces and saying, no, I'm, I'm quality. I deserve to be here. And here's why I deserve to be here. And let, let the noise be the noise. I tell you this all the time, man. Anything other than, man, keep pushing is static. Anything other than, you know, keep doing what you're doing is static, unless it's constructive. Unless you can tell somebody how to be better, you're wasting your breath and you're just being negative. And I think far too many wrestling fans find a reason to complain before they find a reason to clap. And I think that this is a time for wrestling. It's such an amazing time. There's wrestling everywhere. There's wrestling everywhere. Indie wrestling is on another level right now. And if you haven't been to an indie wrestling show lately, damn, man, find $10 and buy a damn ticket wherever you live. Because indie wrestling right now is on another level. Because everything else in wrestling is, is rising. Rising tides raise all boats. And that, that's where we're at. But there was still a long way to go. And, and I think that's why we're having this conversation today. And, and I hate you, but I love you. Well, I couldn't have said it any better than you just did there, Sticks. <laughs> Why don't you let I'm everybody know? If, I'm telling you, you clearly are. You clearly are. Uh, just ask the uh, lovely young ladies who keep bringing you bacon. Why don't you let everybody know the best way to keep up with you and, and what you have going on over there, especially any any uh, upcoming appearances that you have? Well, we, uh, Professor and I got a couple of shows coming up in October, mostly in Georgia. We're going to be working viral, viral pro wrestling in uh the first weekend of october and then the uh the 19th i believe is the date for the next atlanta wrestling entertainment uh showcase uh so we'll be in in georgia mostly in october but i do want to say out loud for anybody that's hearing this uh along with commentary I'm, I'm i think i'm a pretty good manager i don't know duke put you what what do you think two cents i think you are a heat magnet so absolutely, you're a great manager and you're somebody that will get the crowd stirred up for sure. So I, I really want to um, 
try to do more more uh, managing on the side as, as well as doing commentary uh, just because I miss it and I haven't uh, I haven't really been doing much of it. So if you are a talent uh, in the southeast or anywhere really and the opportunity arises and you think sticks, aka the world's most famous play thing can add value to you and your career. Believe me, I can reach out to me. Sticksman92 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, of course, Ken Sticks Ray or Sticks, the world's most famous plaything. I've got two pages uh, on Facebook and I've got uh, Instagram and Twitter as both Sticksman92. And of course, buy the merch on tpublic.com slash Sticksfix. Get your t-shirts. They're on sale today, right now, 38% off. I just want to throw that in there. Cheap plug. But Duke, before I go, you know I got to do my thing. So let me do it real quick. Coming at you live, large and in charge. Duke, the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast. They call me Sticks, the world's most famous plaything. Thanks for listening. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Loves Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs>